my loves, I'm Wild Lee, and you are listening to Sex Stories, a podcast where we share our most intimate details in an effort to improve sex lives everywhere. And my guest on the show today is Morgan. Welcome, Morgan. Hi, thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. Yeah. Will you please tell our listeners a little bit about you so they have a snapshot of who they're listening to? Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm an actor and filmmaker and comedian. Awesome. Yeah. And will you give us any background details and maybe eventually relate them to your early sexual memories, <laughs> just about like upbringing and family type and like sure. location maybe? Or- yeah, I grew up in Connecticut and um, I don't know, like we didn't really talk about sex in my family. And yeah, so a lot of that stuff I feel like I had to find out on my own in secret until I got older. I mean, when I hit puberty, my mom gave me this book for... Uh, teens that talked about puberty and sex. And that was like her talk with me was just like giving me the book. Here's a book. Here's a book. How did she give it to you? Was it just like, here you go? God, I don't remember. I Yeah, it might have been something more along those lines. It was like, okay, here. And I know she was trying her best to be like this cool progressive mom, but she was so uncomfortable yeah, yeah, with yeah. it. Because I think she is ultimately kind of like a sex negative person who's like trying her best oh. to break out of it. So... Yeah, so she was like, here you go. I'm doing the progressive thing now. I don't want to talk about it. Mm. Um, And then I don't think sex came up again until I was in high school and I was dating a guy who was like a freshman in college. Or no, I was dating my senior year boyfriend. And my mom knew that like I was probably going to lose my virginity to him. And so then um, she drove me to the beach and we just sat in the car and we were we didn't even go out to where the beach was. We just sat in the parking lot in the car and we had like the sex, drugs and rock and roll talk. And I was so mortified. And I don't remember really anything she said. I just was staring out the window like, oh, my God, I want to die. She like took you to a location. She took me to a beautiful location. And then we didn't even enjoy it. I was like, we might as well be home. <laughs> we didn't yeah, even roll down escaped. the windows. Like we got oh no fresh gosh. air. It was just. I don't know. Was she like, let's go to the beach? Or was it like, let's have a sex talk at the beach? It was like, we need to have a talk. And I don't think she told me we were going to the beach. So that's just where she went. Okay. And uh, my yeah. heart goes out to her. I mean, that's. Yeah. No, because I could I could feel my mom wanting to. Like, even me getting the pill was my senior year boyfriend. And I remember we were talking about an English paper I was writing. Um about the heart of darkness, completely unrelated, you know? And then uh, I start to go upstairs and then my mom is just like, Morgan? And I'm like, yeah. And I come back down. She's like, do you, you, are you on birth control? And I was like, no. And she's like, do you need to be? And it was this big moment where I was like, yeah. And she's like, okay, I'll make the appointment. And it it was so sweet of her. And it was this thing where I could feel that conflict in her because I could tell this was so uncomfortable for her, but she was pushing herself. And even in the car ride over, like it was so uncomfortable, but I knew my mom was like, this is what I am supposed to do. (laughs) Okay. Well, I think that's very sweet. Yeah. Yeah. She's sweet. Oh my God. Do you remember the title of the book that she gave you? Oh, I know that. It had girl on it written G-U-R-L because it was the early 2000s. And there was a picture of this woman who was hot pink and she had a rain jacket on. And you would open the jacket and see like her in her underwear. And there was 
chapter titles like what's up down there oh my gosh okay i'm gonna go get one of these books because it was amazing there was a website too which at the time was like there's a website and it had um this was early days of aol and chat rooms Mm -hmm. so you could see um comments from different women around the world telling little bits about their stories which at the time was like mind-blowing to me yeah uh yeah so i remember that and that was really cool. But there were also some chapters that were intense. Like there was a chapter about rape and what to do if you get raped. And I remember like throwing the book away when I got to that part because I was like, shit, I just wanted to learn about pubes and masturbation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm curious what their advice was. Oh, it was like, don't shower, call for help, telling you what a rape kit is, like that kind of thing. I mean, that's It was like legit good advice. Um, yeah. I do also know there are a lot of reasons that people choose not to get rape kits done, and a lot of it has to do with the yeah. the law enforcement and how they handle yes. those cases. So, yes, uh, but a well intentioned book is totally, totally. I mean, it was covering. I'm looking back; it probably was covering like the very, very basics, yeah. but was still like um, probably giving information that I otherwise would not have gotten. Yeah, you know, because I'm not yeah. going to sit down with my mom and be like, "So, so, mom." When I get raped, if I get raped. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Okay. So that interesting. Did you have siblings? Did you? Yeah. Yeah. I have an older brother and a younger sister. Okay. I'm. Did your older brother? My older brother didn't tell me anything about anything sexual. No. 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 Okay. Did you tell stuff? Did you tell your younger sister anything? Um, Like, was there any sibling exchange? Sex. We just really didn't talk about it in my family. But Mm -hmm. I definitely tried to be open with her about like when she got her period. I remember um, there was one time we were on a family vacation. Went to Death Valley for Christmas Uh, one year because my mom was like, "This will be a great family vacation." But really, she just wanted to. She was a photographer. She just wanted to take photos. Oh my god, uh, I'm in a I'm in yeah. a phase right now where I'm like I'm going to the desert yes. and because I booked this job in Vegas. Oh, I'm amazing! Like, I'm like gathering my moon outfits and I'm like yes. I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna give myself three hours on the way there to yes. stop and take some pictures of myself. Yes, yes. I mean, it's amazing. It's a terrible place for a family vacation. Yeah. It's a great place for a photographer because there's yeah. nothing else to do. Yeah, literally nothing yeah. to do. So we're out in the middle of the desert and my sister gets like her second period and. Mm. Um, we didn't have any pads. I was going to say, yeah. Yeah. Oh. And the store only had tampons. So we're in the room. It's me, my sister, and my mom are all sharing a room. My brother comes in because my dad's taking a nap and is snoring really loud, doesn't want to deal. And as he comes in, I'm sitting on a chair, fully clothed, showing my sister how to insert a tampon. <laughs> and my brother is oh, like wow. trying to listen to music loud. And my sister's mortified. But I'm like, I'm showing her like this yeah. is not going to be a mystery. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah. Wow. So you, okay. That's a, yeah, that's great. And big sister, that sounds like a nightmare. I'm just still thinking like imagining that for myself because there was a time where I was, I think I was like 19 actually, because I didn't get on birth control until later, but I left my birth control at home and was on a family vacation, but like didn't want to fuck up my things. And I wasn't even really very sexually active at the time, but I like was like, I need it. And I was like, mom, I have to go to CVS. Yeah. And she was like, oh, you're on birth control? Because i just gotten it through the student oh, union. Oh, yeah, yeah, And I was like, for my skin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love having the other excuses. Like, oh, it helps in my acne or my cramps are really bad. That, yeah, my boobs are bigger now. Yeah. And they were. I got, I got much larger breasts. My boobs and got they, gigantic. I went from yeah. a C to an F. 
Yes. See, I, I was like an A to, yeah. a, triple, to a triple D because yeah. I was small band size. And, yep. and then when I went off, I went off about um, four or five years ago because I my skin is very sensitive and my hormones are kind of weird, but I was getting the freckle mask, melasma, which you oftentimes pregnant women get when they get lots of hormones. Oh. And you can see I have a little bit, I might have makeup on, I can't remember. Um, I have this like patch of freckles that shows up on my face. And so the doctor was like, well... If you wear a lot of hats and stay out of the sun, that's good. But uh, it's not going away at all if you don't go off the birth control. Oh. And then I like researched it and realized that birth control can mess up your body in a lot of other ways. Yeah. And I was just like, okay, I'm ready to go off. So yeah, yeah I'm wow. not on birth control. I don't think we've talked about this. but uh, Yeah, I have an IUD, a copper yeah. one, because the hormones were like hurt? not good for me. Did yeah, yeah. I have the Paragard. It's amazing. Okay, great. Yeah. great. Yeah. And putting it, getting it put in, was it, what was that process? I, like I for actually you? had a really good experience with oh. it. I had a really great OBGYN. Um, she had me do it when I was on my period, which I always tell women to do because there's oh. some doctors that don't tell you it's better if you do it while you're on your period. And she gave me um, this local so that I didn't feel anything. So for like 10 minutes, I felt like kind of cool. Yeah. Um, and it numbed everything. So I just felt pressure. Mm-hmm. And then, it didn't hurt at all when she inserted it. And afterwards, Great. I had bad cramps, but I was able to go back to work. Yeah. Right oh, after. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. And some people have nightmare I was scenarios. Say, I and- got talked out of it by my doctor that was like, well, duh, 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 and gave mm. me all these reasons. And I was like, no, I want the copper one. And then I went off my parents' health insurance because yeah. I turned 26. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you get it done correctly, then it shouldn't be a painful process. But I've heard some people have like nightmare insertions and oh, it just man. drives me crazy that there aren't doctors that are more educated on how to do it in a painless way. Wow. This feels like an opportune moment to ask, what is your conversation around protection like with partners or what is your relationship to yeah. partners and new partners? And do you sleep with people? Like how do you sleep with people? <laughs> do you sleep with I sleep people? with people. Uh, I'm a queer lady, so I, I could sleep with any All gender. The people, yeah. Right? I don't want to say I'd sleep with anybody because it makes it sound like I have no standards. Right, it's right, just right. I have no barriers when yeah. it comes to gender or any of that, um, which is a relatively new thing for me. I just started coming out last mm. year uh, as a queer lady. And so I, I am always down to talk about when's the last time you were tested, using protection um, with people with penises and um, making sure we're being safe and all of that. And I find it really sexy when other people are the same way. I do too. Yeah. Because then I'm like, oh, I don't have to worry about you being some sort of crazy trash. Right. Right. Or just like a person that's going to cause me a lot of stress, basically. Exactly. Exactly. And it's just, uh, I never understood the argument. People are like, oh, it'll kill the moment. I'm like, literally Mm. doesn't. If you're doing everything right, you can't. Yeah. It's not that easy yeah. to kill the moment. No. Because the conversation is so simple. It's just, you know, things are going to go to the next level. And you're just like, hey, uh, do you have a condom? Have you been tested recently? If I'm with a female partner, like, I I tell them, like, I've been with male partners, just so you know. Like, yeah. Uh, so I try to be as open with that as possible. Because I've had experiences where people weren't. And it's, like, not good. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I also think it's a great moment to slow things down and check in and be like, hey, are we having sex? Right. Like it's an opportunity for a consent yes. conversation, for explicit yes. consent. Explicit, because enthusiastic if you're, yeah, consent. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's like, it's a win-win situation. And totally. for me, it turns off the worry. Like if I 
haven't had that conversation with a person. And even if we're just fooling around at that point, I'm thinking about having it. And I'm wondering when I should because of all this stigma around killing the mood. And so I would rather have it ahead of time and just be like, what's on the table? What's not on the table? Because then I can fully enjoy whatever I'm doing in that moment. Right, right. Because having the conversation about safety naturally goes into what are you cool doing? Yeah. What are you cool with me doing to you? Um, what do you like? What do you like? What's delicious? Whatever. As long as you get that conversation going, then it's easier to continue the dialogue, whether that's about safety or it's about pleasure. And it, yeah, I'm all about communication. And I think it's also a good moment for people to bring up like, hey, here's the thing I'm scared about or here's the thing I'm weird about. Right. Or, hey, I'm actually kinky or I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> That's a thing I'm thinking about a lot lately. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> about your kinkiness. Yeah. Or just like when to talk about it or because I don't know. I'm I'm considering branching out into the I mean, I keep talking about it, but I haven't. Yeah. I've, I've been fairly closed off. What have you been bran- branching out into? Uh, just thinking about new people. Yeah. L- literally. And and talking to somebody about exploring latex and kind of oh, I'm yeah, so yeah. down to explore different types of kinks. Like I just yeah. love different experiences. And I also just have general anxiety about new partners like I always have. Oh, always. Yeah. It's just because I'm just like new people that feel scary. It's a new experience. Yeah. Oh, like, what if they judge me for what I am into or... Yeah. Mine is totally irrational because I've kind of gotten to this point where I'm just like, well, I'm not worried. It, it's like a vague, bad fear. And I mm. and so I know that. And I'm just like, okay, well, it's fine. Yeah. And, and me talking about it more and saying like, hey, just so you know, I get really nervous around new people sometimes. Yeah. So just me telling you that alleviates some of the pressure. Yeah. Like, okay, great. Which like not enough people do because I think there's this idea that we're supposed to be so smooth and, and sexy like sexy and we are the masters at sex and we've yeah. been doing so it good forever it. but also like if you're a woman we've but never like, done it before but it's like, yeah <laughs> i've never done it before and it's just completely natural yeah yeah completely naturally like gonna give you exactly i'm a what natural you want. vixen yeah. yeah yeah which is and i'm a mind reader but i only read the thoughts you want me to read right like yeah no <laughs> totally. uh, i also am becoming increasingly aware that i really want people to be explicit with me. I love mm. getting direction. And, yes. And it's this, I do think it's like extra strong for me because I'm a submissive. Mm. And, you know, even the moments where like I was with my master yesterday and our relationship's been, uh, our relationship has been feeling into kind of new territory that's a little bit less connected than it was before, mm. but still kind of occasionally seeing each other. And I was on my, I am on my period. Yeah. And so my body was like hypersensitive and he was just being a kind person and was like, what can I do for your body? What feels good? And I was like, don't ask me. (laughs) I want you to tell me. And he was like, okay, but, and I was like, okay, I know, I know, I know. (laughs) Like, Like, but I can't tell you because I don't know. He's like, well, I need to know. He's like, before I can tell you anything, I need to know what your body is up to. Right. Uh, so I was like, just try things and I'll tell you like, you know, so, so there are those moments where there is a breakdown in the dynamic, yeah. but I, it was a clear moment of, Oh, interesting. Yeah. I had a funny moment like that with a previous partner where we were having sex and like, I had already kind of finished and he was still going and it was, it got to the point where it was like kind of painful for me, you know, oh how my like gosh. your I've vagina been there. can tear a little yes. bit. Yes. And it, no one had told me this, but for some reason it got into my head that sometimes you need to take one for the team. Like if he's close, you just need to like suck it up mm-hmm. for a couple minutes to get him to finish. And 
he was amazing and he was so in touch with me and he could tell that I wasn't enjoying it. He was like, hey, what's going on? Are you okay? And I was like, oh, it's fine. He's like, no, what's going on? I was like, oh, I just, I, I know you're close and it kind of hurts, but I'm just going to take one for the team. And he stopped and he was like, wait, what? Like, <laughs> he's like, I never want you to do that for me. Good. And then all of a sudden oh. I realized, like, I was oh, like, oh yeah, yeah that's silly thing that got into my brain somehow. Yeah. Oh, I'm so that glad I need you shared to that never story. do again. Yeah. 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 Because there are other ways for men to finish. Like, yeah. And, and it obviously depends on what you're comfortable with, but I've gotten to moments where I'm like, I am now too sensitive to be touched at all below the belly button. Right. And sometimes that extends to my legs and my thighs. Like last night I was extremely ticklish, oh. but in a very uncomfortable, like yeah. I actually, this is something I realized that I haven't said explicitly. I have a very low threshold for like tickling in a sexual context. Gotcha. Uh, like I can be, I can use my mind powers if someone like when I was a kid mostly, but like when someone's tickle attacking, yeah. I can use my mind powers and I can stand that. Yeah. But when I'm trying, it, it is a instant mood killer for me and I will call red on it pretty fast. Yeah. And the only time I've ever yelled at someone to like maybe get out of my bed was when he wasn't respecting that boundary. Oh yeah. And I was just like, I told you to stop twice. Do you need to leave? Do I need yeah. to kick you out? You know, yeah. Like, oh, sorry, sorry. I thought you were. And I was like, no, I'm not fucking. Around. So yeah. Um, Good for you. I want to ask you, what else do you like? Like on this topic of like when and is has that happened often where your lady parts are like too much or what is your it, vagina yeah, it feel used like? To, it used to. After that, I sort of stopped Good. doing it. Um, How long ago was that? That was. Um, it was not that long ago. It was like a little over a year or so. So this has ago. been a so wonderful yeah. year of like Yeah, 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 yeah. Um oh, and so what was the question? What am I into? I don't know. I like? Yeah. I mean I was just, yeah. I was just thinking about our birth control leads to protection, yeah. leads to consent, yeah. leads to what do you okay. like. So what do you like? Yeah. Um, well, I'm versatile in terms of like being submissive or dominant. Mm -hmm. It it depends a little bit on the person and their energy and then our energies at the moment. And it can also switch with the same partner depending on who they are. Mm. Um, How do you know that? When does it happen? Or does it, is it one of those things that just becomes clear in the moment? I just sort of know when we're starting to have that chemistry. I like I know which which role I want them to take on. Mm. And I know which one I would want to do. It's also something like now that I've been out and queer and exploring that um, – I've been exploring that more because I had a while where when I was with male partners, they were wanting me to be more submissive, mm -hmm. um, which was fine. But after a while, I was kind of like, okay, but let's change it up. And mm -hmm. they weren't people who necessarily wanted to switch, right. even though, you know, they were open to trying it, but it just like didn't work. Yeah. And so it's been fun for me exploring, like, how does that change with somebody's gender? How does it change with the body size of the person that I'm dealing with or their own personality. Like, are they naturally more of an alpha and do I want to dominate that or do I want them to like continue with that energy? Um, so that's been really cool for me to explore. What are some of the things that you've noticed, if anything? Um, I, I mean, I'm still like figuring it out. I know that, <laughs> I know that if I'm with an older guy, it can be really satisfying for me to dominate him. <laughs> yes. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. There's something about, because they represent so much power yeah. and in a relationship, even though they've all been like sweet, kind, mm -hmm. uh, cool people in our uh, everyday relationship, like there is something about what that represents power wise. Mm -hmm. And I really enjoy like 
uh, subverting that. Great. Yeah. Specifically, yeah. what yeah. kinds of ways do you like to dominate them? Um, I, I mean, uh, the way I speak to them, putting them in their place, um, tying somebody up mm-hmm. or having them do what I say. Um, yeah. Love. Just so like, do you d- identify as kinky? Uh, I don't even really think of myself as that kinky. Okay. Like I do some general kink stuff, but I haven't done a lot of exploring in mm-hmm. that arena. And I feel like I hesitate to really identify myself that way because I know people who are like fully into kink. And, That's, yes. Right? Okay. I I identify as like, mildly kinky like yes. pr- or like me like a solid medium yeah like I've I've swam in the shallow waters mm-hmm, of king mm-hmm. but I don't feel like I've strayed too far away mm-hmm. I haven't read it but I'm I'm sure nothing like I, I'm sure I haven't done even everything that was in like 50 shades of gray you I know what I mean? haven't read it but yes yeah I haven't yeah. read it I haven't seen the movies but I just feel like like I don't have a dungeon and I want a dungeon so that'd bad. Be fun. You would think that you would like like to play in a dungeon, maybe. Yeah. There's toys. I think, I think just the idea of like having a room that isn't your bedroom, because you do yeah. many things in your bedroom, but like if you have a room that's just for that, that's kind of yes. fun. But that's also like I feel like at that point, I also would be someone who has like a cinema. Like that just feels like such yes, a luxury. It totally does. Yeah. I know. I'm like, someday. My podcast recording studio will be a dungeon. Because it'll <laughs> be, be amazing. You know, very soundproof. Yeah. It's interesting because I actually kind of feel the way that you're describing your relationship to the label of kinky is kind of how I feel about queer. I've been thinking about this oh, a lot yeah. lately. Yeah. I definitely like all people on all the spectrum. Yeah. But because I don't participate actively in queer community yeah. or really in any community of any kind. Yeah. Like this, you know, beyond clients and beyond this right. podcast. And right. that's one thing that I do actually want to change. Like I yeah. have like four different targets of communities that I want to be more involved in. Yeah. Um, but for that reason, someone recently was like, well, you're queer, right? And I was like, yeah. oh, am I allowed to use that word yeah. for myself? So I... It's just interesting because that's just come up for me like in the last week or so on my radar because I just hadn't given it too much thought. And I was like, oh, is that my, am I allowed to use this word? So what was, what's your relationship with that experience like? Yeah, I I totally relate to that feeling. And part of the process of me coming out and some of the difficulty of coming out was being able to accept that I could use that word and that my feelings fell under that. Um, I I had a really good friend of mine who's a queer femme uh, from college. And I was on the phone with her a lot talking about it because I was like, am I too old to be coming out? And at the time I was like, it's 2017. I feel like I should know by now. Like I I grew up in a fairly liberal um, culture and a fairly accepting place. Like I feel like, you know, I I wasn't living in a place where it was like so bad for you to be gay or queer. And, um, and I just felt like I, I should know by now. And, and she was like, it's actually really common for women, um, to figure it out later because we're so homosocial mm. that we're allowed to have oh, more yeah. intimacy with the same yeah. sex and not see it as like a sign mm-hmm. of anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't have the feeling that I was born this way, which I know is like controversial to say for me, that narrative, I, didn't feel was like my story. Mm-hmm. I 
I don't know if I was like necessarily like at birth this way. I don't think I was necessarily at birth anyway. Well, that's exactly. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And um, and and so that was part of it too, where I was like, I don't identify with this one really strong narrative we keep seeing, and I don't look like other queer people. And I, ironically, I'd been in the queer community. I had worked at a queer theater. I directed mm. the youth theater program, the LGBT Center, and I'd been so identified as a straight ally. Oh wow! And so boxed in that I just thought that is what I am. And I was so praised for being a straight person that was helping when I necessarily like didn't have to. Yeah. And so then that was also a part where I was like, oh shit, like am I actually something else? Yeah. And exploring what that meant for me and what word to use for myself. And then like should I even bother coming out? What is the point in telling people? Because at the time I was dating a man. So I also was like, well, what's the point in telling people? It's mm. not like I'm actively doing it. And there's this idea that like there's a certain threshold of queerness we have to meet in order to count. Yeah. And totally. Yes. 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 That either like so hard with And me. I don't know, like, is there a number of people I'm supposed to sleep with? Is yeah. there a kind of person I'm supposed is to sleep with? there a percentage with? and a frequency? How much rainbow and, like, am I supposed I, to mm-hmm. wear? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, am I supposed to have, like, a certain kind of haircut or whatever? Because the other thing is, like, yeah. I'm pretty femme. Um, okay. I shave yeah. my head and I'm still so femme. Like, <laughs> no lesbians have hit on me really? since I shaved my head. Oh. Correct. That's crazy. Yes. To the yeah. point where I've I've now been, like, I think about dating girls or like I'll find a way to work it into conversation. I have to do that too. Who I slept with and Mm -hmm. you know, and it's just because you also can't just say my girlfriend because that could be your girl who's a friend. Right. Yep. Nope. Yeah. I try to slip in lady lover, lady lover stuff. I have a necklace with a rainbow on it, Mm -hmm. which for me is like here I am, but for the world it's like oh she just has a necklace with a rainbow, and I'm like "Mm." yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. Um, but I've lately just been like, fuck that. Whatever yeah. kind of queer you are is queer enough. Yeah. And and I think a lot of that also comes from like bi erasure and the idea that if you're not like a lesbian, then you don't count or mm-hmm. you're not gay enough or you're not gay enough to be able to have a voice or talk about your issues. But I think yeah. every person aqua- across the LGBTQIA spectrum like deserves to have a place and a voice and their stories worthy of being told. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree. And I am, I love that you said all of that. Well said. <laughs> I would love to know if you want to share some of your explorations, maybe starting with the stuff that was pre coming out. And then also, I'm so curious to know what those explorations with yeah. uh, with broadening your horizons yeah. look like. Yeah, yeah, um, I mean, looking back, it's it's funny because when I, I think what really messed me up was when I went to sleepaway camp, there was a time where um, I was hanging out with a bunch of people and there was this girl that everybody dared me to make out with. Mm-hmm. How old were you? I was 15. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, which is like the age where you do stuff like that. Like, I had my first out. girl kiss yeah. at 16. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool, cool. And I <laughs> and so I did it, but she was a terrible kisser. Mm. And so I thought because I didn't feel anything. And for me, it wasn't like an exploration. It was just, oh, I'm just going to do this fun dare. It was more of like an ego thing. Like, oh, I can show these dudes I can hang. I'm going to make out with this person. And But she wasn't a good kisser. So, I, so then I was like, 
definitely not gay. Look at that. Didn't like it. Oh, interesting. Um, Yeah. And then when I was older, there was a few times where I like had girl crushes. Like there was this girl in this film class I had who was so cool. And looking back, she was like such a Shane from like the L word. Oh, I never watched that. Oh my God. I never watched it because I think it, I think I didn't get those. What channel was it on? HBO. Yes. Or Showtime. I grew up on a farm with no satellite or cable. My entire life, I've been playing catch up from this. Like, I literally learned what MTV was in film school. Oh, my God. At age 20. Like, it was very embarrassing. It's all cool. (laughs) I didn't watch The L Word until... but recently, that I'm was like, like part of my exploration. Things to watch yeah. that are gonna be yeah. awesome. It's there are things I love about it, and there are things I don't love as much about it. But mm-hmm. there's this character Shane who's like total androgynous, mysterious, cool, like badass with a heart of gold, and she has like such a distinct androgynous early 2000s haircut yeah. <laughs> that I'm obsessed with. Like there's lots of layers and lots of hair gel or <laughs> product. Um, but this girl like totally had her vibe and she just was so fucking cool and mm-hmm. she was a really good writer mm-hmm. and I would like get all like giddy when she was around and embarrassed. But I was like, all girls are like that, right? Like we all have crutches. That doesn't mean anything. Oh my God. Yeah. You know what I mean? Totally. I was like, that's literally what everyone else goes through. That's so, why we say girl crush. Right. It's a girl crush. Right. It's a girl crush. It doesn't mean anything, whatever. Um, or if you fantasize about women, that's normal too, because like you watch porn that has a woman in it. Yep. <laughs> so who? So it just didn't click for me until um, a few years ago, things started to come together and I was talking to my friend about it and then I was dating my boyfriend at the time who also identified as queer um, and was more open about it with me. And so it was actually really great to have a partner that I could talk to about it and could safely explore that with. And and he was a huge help in me being able to come out and – feel more secure. And then a film that I made last year that we're like about to submit to festivals, I wrote this short film that basically was about me grappling with me coming out. It's about a closeted bisexual woman who's in a relationship. Uh, she falls in love with her roommate who's a lesbian. Love. And yeah. And what's it called? And where can people find it? It It's called Synced Up. You can't find it anywhere yet because we're submitting it to festivals. Okay. But it's going to be hitting the festival circuit soon. Great. So yeah. And you can follow us at synced up sync is spelt like a bathroom sink. Cause it all takes place in the bathroom. Love. Yeah. And, uh, so at synced up film on all the things. And, uh, so it's so funny. Cause like, I can't just come out like a normal person. I have to make a movie. <laughs> you uh, I love that you did that. Yeah. Cause I, I process through yes. my art, you yes. know? Yes. Yeah. I am so interested in hanging out with people and creating yes. a thousand times more. And this was just like crystallized for me this week because yeah. I was hanging out with, and I'm like, oh my God, I would rather take naked pictures of people or paint with someone. Yeah. And like, because I think there is like a connection that happens that yeah. doesn't in other places necessarily. No, I, I totally and that agree. Like what you and said. that process is so important. And I think this was honestly the proudest project or the project I take the most pride in of like Mm. anything I've done. Um, I was really proud of the writing that we did. Um, we had an all female crew. It was queer inclusive. And that set was the first space I was in where I was 
open and out with everyone. That's beautiful that you crafted this glorious space to like try that on. And I didn't even do it for that purpose. But then when I was there. No, just magically. It was it was magic. And we were really inspired by Jill Soloway yeah. and the way they run a set yeah. and how the process is just as important as the product. And it just created this really beautiful, safe, creative, flowing environment. And um, and I, in that moment when we were producing that project and when I was acting in it and, you know, people were sharing stories. We had this one, um, we had two set moms because our director, um, her mom came all the way from Wisconsin. So she's oh like gosh. ultimate mom. That's and amazing. she brought her friend. Mom. Ultimate mom. Her ultimate from mom. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just like exactly what you are picturing. That That's, is who these women were. They're mm-hmm. amazing. And they came. They were completely down with everything we were doing in the film. Like we had a sex scene and they were here for it, you know? Mm. And it was so grounding having moms there. Yes. And we did this thing that Jill Soloway does before they shoot. Um, my director had worked with them on Transparent and Amazing. I loved it. So cool. Um, so Jill does this thing. I think it's just called the box or the apple box where before shooting every day, everyone gets in a circle. They put an apple box in the center. One person stands on top and can say whatever they want. And anybody can speak. And it's a way that everybody's voice can be heard, whether you're just an intern or a PA or oh, you're the star. fucking awesome. It's amazing. How long do they do that As for? long as it takes. That's yeah. insane because the amount of money that it costs to make stuff. And yes. then you start to calculate that based on time. But yes. that is so important it's because it creates so, an environment. Oh, my so God. Important. That's blowing my mind yeah. that they would spend that. Because... It's not time. It is money. That's right. a huge investment. Huge. In the connection between the people you're working with. But it makes such a <sighs> difference. Makes, I mean, and I love their work. Yeah. And that's, I watch it and I'm like, yeah. yeah. And and they talk about in their book um, how the process is as important as the product. Mm. It is the product. I agree. And yes. we're in such Fuck an yes. industry where everyone is so results uh, focused. Yeah. And from a business perspective, I can understand that, but we're- we're dealing with creatives and you need to let people have their process or the end result won't be as good as you want mm-hmm. it to be anyway. So it also makes sense investment wise. Um, so anyways, we did that. And one of the set moms came up on the second day and and she said, when I was growing up, lesbian wasn't a word that I knew. I didn't even know the word lesbian Whoa. until I was in my 20s or 30s. And she said, it's amazing for me to now be on a set with all these women and these out queer women telling a queer femme love story and it's a huge journey and it was amazing to me um yeah yeah holy shit it was so cool okay yeah bring it back to sex yes bring it back tell me i mean i'm i'm so curious to hear both your experiences with men pre coming out pre your awareness about your queerness and then explorations that have taken place Mm -hmm. since yeah yeah um let me think uh sex with men beforehand I it, it still was fun and enjoyable for the most part I think it was like regular stuff that Mm -hmm. women having sex with men uh go through as they grow up where it's like learning to 
be in touch with what you want and being able to communicate that mm-hmm. and also exploring what you want. Um, like I remember the first time I had a partner who would talk dirty to me mm-hmm. and all of a sudden I was like, yes, this is amazing. Oh, nice. And I thought I was like not cool enough to pull it off, you know? And then I found out that I was and I was like, yeah, <laughs> this is amazing. I also think it's hilarious that you have this idea of coolness. That's yeah. My brain works that way too. I'm like, oh, yeah. Those people who talk dirty, they're like really yeah. next level. Because well, I just never identify as cool. Like yeah. I have never. Yeah. I used to look like the oldest Hanson brother with braces. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I can't do that. Totally. Yeah. Um, so getting more in touch with that. Yeah. I want to ask yes. your relationship with sex when you started having it. First of all, how old were you when you first had partnered sex? Oh, I was 18. Okay. Yeah. And are you a person who, like, are you mostly in relationships when you have it? Or are you, do you have, like, friend sex or, like, randos? Like, wh- where do you fall on that? Like, I've done all the things. Okay. Um, yeah. I've, I'm not a serial monogamous okay. by any means. Um, I don't... Uh, I don't have a ton of sex with strangers, especially now that I've gotten older. As yeah. I've gotten older, that's become less uh, interesting to me because totally. I really need that connection more and more, yeah. even if it's not relationship connection. Yep. I, I just need you. something, um, yeah. generally speaking. Like I'm with a person. Yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> funny because like this year has been really interesting for me because there's like my general pattern of how I operate. And then there's like this year because after my last relationship and being out and single, mm-hmm. I really... And I also had this feeling in general of um, the men I was with when I was in my 20s, I felt like um, I felt like I was a possession of theirs. Like mm-hmm. I had a friend who told me this great metaphor where um, like after one breakup, she was like, Morgan, you're like a flower. And I was like, oh. she's like, stay with me. <laughs> she's, like, <laughs> she's like, men can either pick you and put you in a vase for themselves or they can keep you in the ground and water you and help you grow. Mm. And I felt like everyone I'd been with in my 20s, um, not that they were monsters, but I felt like there was an element of they all put me on a vase and put me on a shelf oh, for yeah. when they needed me. You that know? feels very familiar. Yeah. Yeah. And they didn't work uh, for a lot of reasons, but I think mainly because of that. And, and then I was in a relationship um, by first – thing with a woman, I felt like instead of being picked, she just like dumped all the water on me and like drowned me. And that was a whole different- I'm watering you. Isn't like, it working? I'm giving you all the water. Like, yeah. why don't you want all this water? And I'm just like, I can't breathe. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. What and so after, after my last relationship with a man, I was like, I really don't want to be in a relationship for like a year. I want to be able to explore. And it was the first time in my life that I felt that way. Mm. Where I was like, I don't want to be with anyone. It's not because I'm getting over somebody. It's because I truly just want to explore and be with myself. And then it turns out the first woman I had a thing was, was emotionally abusive. So then mm. after that, I was like, I just don't want to be with anyone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in any intimate way. So this year has been really different for me in terms of my sex life and connecting with people. And yeah. That. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Can you share with us some, any, if you have highlights of bests and worsts experience wise, or just anything that stands out in your brain yeah. first times with a woman or a man or, yeah. anyone or just things you loved or hated? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, there was one thing, um, an ex-boyfriend of mine did. It was, early on in us dating and um, 
he we we'd been having sex and we'd been together for I guess a few weeks at that point and he still the sex was so great but he still hadn't made me orgasm yet and I finally told him like oh you know I haven't actually gotten there I've gotten really close but I haven't yeah and I was like it's fine don't worry about it and it was that thing of like me shrinking being like it's cool it's cool like let's just deal with you and if you feel good I'm I'm close enough and he was like no and so he sat behind me and had me show him what I liked Mm. and we spent all of this time just working on figuring out what I liked and helping me feel relaxed. And he was like helping me breathe. And that for me was like such a breakthrough. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. He sat behind you. You were like in his lap yeah. kind of. Oh. Yeah. And he like that's... sat behind me and helped me. And it it was beautiful. Gorgeous. And yeah. you didn't. And so that sounds like he created an environment where you didn't feel necessarily like pressured. Because I've had right. those moments where men are like, I need to make you come now. And I'm like, yeah. well, no, it's not going to happen because yeah. you just And you have all pressure. this performance anxiety mm-hmm. and it's really more about them than yes. you. Yes, yes, And I think that was the difference was it wasn't about him at all. He literally was like putting you first. Yes. And was literally like, let me support yes. you. Yes. And it was like, it's going to take however long it takes. Like, I'm not going to give up and stop. Wow. Like, there's no imaginary timer on this. And that was hugely, hugely helpful for me. That's Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I love that because I think there is so much overemphasis on having the orgasm, mm-hmm. but it's like it is important. Yeah. It's not the end all be all for me, right. but also especially if you're in a partnered relationship with yeah. someone and you're just like not coming, then you have days turn into weeks, turn into months, turn into right. how do I have a conversation right. about this? And the sooner you're able to communicate about that, the better because you don't want to be like a year, three years in and be like, oh, by the way, yeah, you've never given me what I wanted. Because then it's hard. It's hard it's for hard it to for not be you. about ego. Yeah. It, like it's hard to keep yeah. it out of it totally. Right. Right. And, and it's also about relationship and trust and the yeah. way you tell me. And the, but yeah. it's like that's how I used to feel about people getting my name wrong when they would call me Karen. Oh, yeah. And I was like, but I can't. But I told you and I didn't. Uh, right. And, and then like. Out too long has passed and you're like, I guess I'm Karen now. I'm just Karen. (laughs) But people actually want you to speak up. Totally. Yeah. They do. Good people want you to speak up. Yeah. 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 Um, It's beautiful. Yeah. I'm trying to think of some fun. Oh, I, um, well, there's two different kinds of bad that I've had. I've had one that's funny bad, which I'll tell second. And then one that was like, um, was this person I was with, um, the abusive one, um, we were having sex and she was being a little too rough. Mm. Um, nothing crazy like movie level or whatever, but it just was like, oh, that's actually hurting. That's not feeling good. And that would happen sometimes during sex. And I would say like, hey, uh, that actually doesn't feel good. That kind of hurts. Like, could you be gentler or whatever? And, um, I think this is maybe the last time we hooked up before I broke it off, um, where, she was being too rough and I told her and her response was, oh, here we go again. Whoa. And it's funny because up until that point, I didn't realize I was in an emotionally abusive yeah. thing. Um, and there were a lot of things that I let slide because it was my first woman. And so mm-hmm. there was a lot of things where 
if it had been with a man, I would have been like, fuck no. But because it was with a woman, I kept thinking, oh, maybe I don't know any better. I'm a baby queer. Maybe yeah. I don't know what it's like being with a woman. And, um, you know, and I also was being manipulated and, and shamed about stuff. But it was also a big part of it was me thinking like, well, I don't know. I don't know any better. And I like dropped yeah. all my knowledge from dating because I've been a person who's been dating for a long time. Oh. Yes. But then with a new gender, yep. I suddenly um, questioned any of my experience, Yes, which is silly because a person's a person, right? right. And boundaries are boundri- boundaries. I, I did the same thing really? dating a couple oh. because I was like, it's completely different. Yeah. There's two people. Yeah. Obviously, their relationship should take priority. No. Oh, they, they want a kill switch on my part of their relationship where yeah. I can just be immediately ejected with no warning or recourse? Oh, okay. And it took me about two months to realize how fucked up it was. Yeah. But like a year of us talking. And so yeah. I, that, that, oh, I know those feelings. Right. And when you're in a new dynamic and especially with someone who's more experienced than mm-hmm. you, then you let, that's another power dynamic. Like you let them take the lead. But that was a moment that happened where I was like, well, regardless of gender, I know this is fucked up. And I wish I'd had the strength to just like kick them out of bed in that moment. And I didn't. I was like, oh, I'm a delicate flower, blah, blah, blah. Um, But it's funny because my body shot down. Like all of a sudden, like I was like a Sahara down there. Like yep. all the water just went. Yep. And we're, I was like, yep. I'm not, I can't do anything That's anymore. Very, yes. Yes. And it took like a week or so, but then my mind caught up and I was like, no, I need to cut this off. So that was... Good for you. The not fun bad. Thank you. Um, and then the funny one was I had um, after this like rough breakup in college, my rebound was this guy I had class with and he was like really ripped and had all the equipment for like a good time. And we went to go hook up and it was like he was going to the gym on me. Like what? He was so sweaty. Like, in not a sexy way. It was like a slip and slide. And <laughs> he was tossing me around and stuff, which at first was fun. But then it started to feel like he was just getting his reps in. And um, and he was going at, like, the pace and the intensity of a jackhammer. He's, like, doing his cardio workout. He's like doing cardio his cardio workout together. in me. Oh. And, <laughs> and I was trying to tell him, like, hey, why don't we slow down? Why don't we try this? And he wasn't getting it. And so it was the only time I faked it. Yeah. Anna. That's the only time. That's the only time. Okay, I mean, good. there have been times where I've like maybe exaggerated a little, yeah. but I've never straight up just like faked. I um, have so many times. Really? <laughs> yeah. If it feels like it's going to serve me, yeah. I'll do it. Yeah. Because it's mine. I get to pick. Oh, sure. And also sometimes I am at a place where I'm like, I'm in a mental space yeah. where it's either not going to happen or faking it will support the possibility of it ha- yeah. happening because it removes pressure for me. Yes. So I yeah. like think faking is a great tool. I know people are like, oh my God, you shouldn't have to. And I'm like, no, you shouldn't have to. But sometimes it helps me. So yeah. So I will do it if I need to. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> you fake it and then you make it. You exactly. <laughs> Literally yeah. true. Literally. Yeah. Oh, and the best part <laughs> is <laughs> after um, we finished, the first thing he said to me was, do you have any protein? He was going to the gym he in was. you. Oh my he god. Was. 
It oh was. my god! And I was like, and this is before oh the god. world got really health conscious. We were in Boston at the time. Oh my god! So I was like, "What's protein? What has protein in it?" And then I was like, uh, "And I'm going through my fridge in my head. I'm like, I have tofu." And he's like, "Oh, I could eat like a block of tofu." I'm like, "No, I need that." Like, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> oh my god! It, yeah, that's fucking funny. It was though. so funny. You were in college? Did you say you were in college? It was, yeah. Post-college? It was my senior year. Holy shit. That's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. Oh, my God. So funny. And I think up until that point, I think that was the first time I had, like, bad sex. Uh-huh. And I remember telling my friends, and they were, like, mad for me. They were like, yeah. how dare you? Know? I mean, that's, that's, that's a very good story, but yeah. holy shit. What yeah. the fuck? So crazy. Was he the classic stereotype of like pretty and dumb or was he just a bro? He, like- no, I mean, he, he was a theater guy. He was also okay. an actor, okay. but he also just was such a gym rat. Got it. Yeah. Um, really into bodybuilding, I guess. Um, yeah, just was like really ripped. Um, I and just pretty kind smart. Of love yeah. the idea of that though. Like yeah. I'm imagining a short film or a series built around someone who like likes to work out through sex only. Like that's their kink. <laughs> yeah. Like, I've had that somewhere. though. I've had days where after sex I'd be like, no, I don't have to yeah. go to the gym. Yeah. And it's not okay. that it was like specifically like really intense. Just for me, it was like, oh, done. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to ask you a little bit of just like kind of semi rapid fire yeah. or if it if it expands, that's cool. fine too. Cool, cool. Uh blowjobs. Yeah. Wherever that takes you. Oh, like thoughts, yeah. feelings, stories, likes, dislikes, how do you do them? Yeah. Um, I think they're fun. I I'm I enjoy doing them if I feel like if I feel especially safe with a partner. Mm-hmm. For me. Um, oral sex feels more vulnerable than penetrative sex, mm-hmm. um, especially if it's with a person with a penis. Um, I don't know why. It's there's something about like all of a sudden you're in a very vulnerable position mm. when either someone is going down on you and you're going down on another person. Um, I'm talking about if you're with a guy, with a woman, it's yeah, a little bit with a woman, but less so. Um, but yeah, I think they're fun. They're cool. I. <laughs> It took a while for me to figure out what I was doing, and mm-hmm. I felt like I was really self-conscious for a while because I was like, I don't really know what works. Did and any I, guys ever give you I had guys or? tell me okay. eventually, but it took a while. Mm-hmm. It took a while because, like, you're young and nobody knows how to communicate, mm-hmm. and I wasn't watching porn, so – and that's maybe not the best way to learn. Which is – well, and the thing – like, I can't watch any porn that has blowjobs because I don't – Oh, Really? I I feel like a lot of the times the blowjobs I see in porn, it looks like the girl is suffering. Oh, okay. And it's hard for me to get into it because I just feel bad for her. I haven't watched porn in a while, but now I'm. It's been a minute for me, but the few times I've seen it, it's like she's choking or is hitting mm. her in the face or it feels demeaning. And oh yes. It's hard for me to even if everything else that's going on is really fun and totally yeah. up my alley, I'm like, yeah. we just have to skip this part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, that makes total sense to me because if it's like I'm into being – like I actually love getting dick slapped in the face. Like, I think it's so silly <laughs> cool. and it like delights me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I'm usually the one to initiate it. I haven't been with partners where like that's their thing. So I don't cool. know. Maybe I'd feel different, but yeah. I'll be like, do it, do yeah. it. Like it just well, – I think it's so funny. Yeah. 
Yes. I, I don't think it's so fun. Yeah, I can see that if you're like. But if you're yeah. not into it and also I do respond a lot to like watching other women look like they're in pain, even yeah. if I know they have their safe word like in real life or something. Right. I'm, right. It activates me in a way where I'm like, mm, red alert. Yeah. And I feel like especially with straight porn, like I can tell when the girl's not really enjoying mm-hmm. it. And mm-hmm. so that's. Mm-hmm. that's yes. Yes. One of the main reasons why I have such a hard time with porn. What about going down on people who have vaginas, vulvas, and clitoris? Oh, yeah. So fun. Yeah. I was really nervous before the first time I did it. And I remember talking to a straight guy friend and I was like, I don't know what to do. And he was like, just do what you like, but on them. And I was like, oh. Did that (laughs) advice help you? Because it didn't help me at all. People would say that. I'd be like, but I'm a different person person and also I don't always know what's happening well and that's the thing is every person is different they have their own preferences so ultimately you do need that person to tell you what they like and I found that it was helpful when I was up front and I was like hey tell me yes because I'm new and learning (sighs) and I don't want yeah you know I don't want you just like skating by um so that was helpful for sure that's great yeah yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm still like a baby. With Have you that. developed any moves? Moves with that? Yeah. Um, are you, are you fingers in with tongue or are you? Oh yeah, I'll, I'll do it all. Yeah. I like teasing a lot. Mm. What kind of teasing thing. do you do? Well, I'll like start um, like further up the leg and mm-hmm. closer and then skip over and then come back. So I really like because I feel like for me, what works a lot is having the anticipation and mm-hmm. tickling and getting closer to it. Um, and and then, you know, like diving in. On yourself, do you like, like when someone's going down on you with, let's say with only their mouth. So let's take fingers yeah. out of the equation for now. We sure. can bring them if we need them. Do you like tongue outside, inside? Do you like sucking on your clitoris around the lips? Can you, like my clitoris sometimes, most of the time, cannot handle direct tongues, like swirls, like yeah. on, like the pointy tongue on uh-huh. it, not so good. But Oh yeah, the pointy tongue I don't like, but everything else, Flat yes. tongue is good, sucking is good for me, so I'm just curious what yeah, your favorites are. Yeah, all of that works are. for me. Flat tongue is better for me than more pointed. Um, but yeah, everything else works. Inside is good. Inside. Do you prefer inside or outside, or do you need both or What's that like? I mean, I'll do it all. Okay. <laughs> but like on yourself, if someone's doing it yeah, to you. No, no, no. That's, I will have it all. Oh, you're like, yeah. yes, please. The entire. Like, yeah, just like do all I'll the take things, the change it up. Great. Like that's, yeah. What yeah, about, yeah. Uh, have you received a rim job? Mm-mm. Are you interested in that? Maybe I have. Okay. Like by accident. <laughs> Something slipped. There's a lot of stuff down there. A lot of places I feel like it maybe tongues. did happen once and I didn't even realize it at mm, the time, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Are you interested in exploring butt stuff or have you explored butt I've stuff? I've done some. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it was fun at the time that I did it. Um, and I wouldn't mind doing it again in the future. But I think for me, it was more the thrill of like doing something that was taboo. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't... Um, it was less about the sensation itself. It was more about the feeling around that act and mm-hmm. the actual act mm-hmm. that was like really exciting for me. And after a few times of doing it, I was like, this is fine. But there are other things that like actually physically feel much better. Great. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what a great exploration. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. And do you have any fantasies that you are curious to explore next? Like what's on your horizon for your sexual self? Um, I think doing a large group thing would be cool. Go, going go to a on. Sex party. Details. Like what, yeah. if we're just imagining right now a large group thing, 
what would it be like ideally? And like what, if any relationships need to be in place, like how well do you need to know people or not or whatever? It's such a good question. I've been thinking about that a lot. That's what I, think I about. um yeah, I because I've I've done a, a little bit of unicorning and it's different because where I'm at right now, where I really don't want any kind of romantic intimacy, I feel like it would be better if they were people that I can have a conversation with and like get a drink with or smoke a joint with, but they um, aren't necessarily people that like I hang with or they know my friends or are really right. connected with my right. life. And that feels safer for me with exploring that kind of stuff right now. Um, but people where I do feel comfortable with, I know what that. What about it makes you feel safer if you can articulate? Um, because of the stuff that I went through emotionally, I want to have a certain amount of distance mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I have such a low tolerance for uh, intimacy with a sexual partner mm-hmm. at this stage mm-hmm. uh, because of what I just went through that um, it helps if they're not someone that knows people in my life and is connected because then that starts to feel too close. Right. You know? That's so clear. Yeah. I love that you have that awareness about yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Do you meditate? Therapy, therapy? Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm, and therapy, I'm like, meditate, all those things. That's Those are the types of details that I'm only now noticing after yeah. like I'm three and a half years into regular meditation and therapy yeah. and all my, all my little helpful practices. Yeah. But they really are helpful for me. It is. Well, and what was helpful too is when I – First was exploring being a unicorn. My therapist, who is um, specializes in queer issues, which I asked for. I was oh, like, yeah. I How need did you your... find that? I I just called and I was like, I I need a therapist who has, um, who has an LGBTQ background. Great. You and know? was it like through your insurance or was it a no no no? Place, I go to the or... Maple Center. Oh great. Um, okay. Yeah, great. the Maple Counseling Center in Beverly Hills area. Yes. And what do you know? What type of therapy it is? I forget the name of the type of therapy, but the reason why I love it and promote it to people is um, they set your price based on your income. So if you are someone like myself who was putting off going to therapy because you're like, I can't afford it, you go here and it can be as little as zero dollars if that's all you can afford. Mm -hmm. Or if you can afford more, it can be more like I pay 25 bucks a session. Um, And it's amazing. And I found someone there who... I connect with and I feel safe with and um, yeah, and has been so helpful in narrowing down like, hey, what are you looking for in this kind of scenario and making sure that I'm clear on what I want. And is it more questions based and you do the talking or do they also give you advice? It's more questions based on me doing the talking. She has given me like some tools and advice, but for the most part, it's... um, it's like reflecting back what I say and helping me figure things out. Great. Yeah. I want to give what a, I prefer. I think that's great. Yeah. And I want to give another shout out to Wyla, which is the Wright Institute, Los Angeles. So you can go mm-hmm. to Wyla, W-I-L-A dot org. And that is another sliding scale cool. pay what you can place. Awesome. And it's analysis based. So it's mostly talk. You do the talking and my therapist is a ninja at mm-hmm. asking great questions that help me think about stuff. Yeah. And I've been with her now for three and a half years. Yeah. And so I, and I started out paying 40 bucks a session and now I'm getting closer and closer to her full rate because I want to, because yeah. I'm just like, I love you. Right. Right. <laughs> and when I'm in a place where I can pay more, like I want to, because yes. it helps support them yeah. 
help and my therapist like she did two years of the program and then moved out to her own practice and so I got to keep my sliding scale you know but I've been moving it up when I'm able to yeah and she just happened to move walking distance from my house so that felt like an amazing universe amazing um anyway okay so yeah back to our orgy fantasy (laughs) yeah (laughs) because I haven't forgotten about that but I think it's I the more that I talk to people about sex the more I think it's important to understand the feelings that they have around sex and their context for sex, because Mm -hmm. it's hard to do when you, if you don't have a common understanding of like the direction they're coming from. Yeah. So now that we have that, because I think it's so important to know about the type of relationship that you would ideally have to those strangers. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we've got a lot of strangers that have the perfect level of relationship, like friendly, you can chill, you can hang with them, but they're not like super integrated into your life. Right. And I find them all attractive. And they're, yeah, and they're all attractive to you and they're nice humans. And Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they're then all what attractive, happens? nice humans. Uh, they communicate the right level mm-hmm. where they communicate enough so that we feel safe and there's enthusiastic consent. But it's not like so much that I feel like I'm getting constant notes because I have yeah. had one partner who Ooh. was like communicating too, too much. Like he was getting into details of like which way my uterus tilted. And I was like, I don't need to know that. In the moment. That sounds sexy. Interesting. You know and I mean? how was he conveying that information? Oh, he, it was more like he was bragging that he figured this thing out about my body. And I was like, cool. That's annoying. Yeah. 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 Great. Yeah. It was Great. annoying. Um, yeah. I think that and... What kinds of things would you like to explore, though, with a bunch of people? And, like, how many people? Like, do you want to just cuddle a lot? Do you want to have lots of mouths or hands touching you? Or have you thought that far? Or are you just yeah, open? Yeah, I think just a mess of mouths and hands and body things doing stuff that feels good love yeah yeah I try not to get like too specific about what exactly we do because ideally for me is it would just flow yeah you know that's I mean the for me I love the curiosity I love the exploration I love the surprise I love how stuff just magically yeah happens yeah Totally. In a safe environment when you have all those yes. safety Yes, and that's the thing is once you have place. all those other things in place, like you have the right relationship, you have the enthusiastic consent, you know you can communicate yeah. and they're comfortable communicating, then it can flow without any stress or worry, Love. you know? Yeah. Other kinks or fantasies you want to explore? Um, I've been thinking about using a whip but Ooh. I also I don't know I like doing things manually too so I don't know if that would take the fun out of it for me can always go back and forth I know I know I know I got I know. spanked with a hand last night it was great but that doesn't mean I like the writing crop less yeah yeah it's so true it's <laughs> would you so do like true. a long whip or like is there a type like a short like some of those short ones with the little two prongs in the end or whew. oh yeah no I feel like I always imagine like an Indiana Jones kind yeah, of that's thing exactly. <laughs> I literally when you said that I imagined you with I had like my leather hat over there, yeah. like wearing it with the whip. I would love yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. That's like the theatrical side of me is like this cinematic, like, yeah. But like, yeah. who knows? Awesome. I don't know if I'd, I'd be nervous about my aim. I was going to say, you also could use the whip just to make scary noises because, like, you know, so that yeah. you're like practicing oh, and then you could do whatever you want with your hands. That's a just good throwing point. out ideas. Yeah. Cause I don't want to hurt anybody's genitals. And just as you're learning. Yeah. You know, totally practicing. Should do target practice That'd in like great. the backyard. That'd be you just great. like have a target. I'm just like, sorry, I just want to make sure I get this. Your neighbor's dog is like freaking out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Cool. 
Cool. Mm-hmm. Any other sexual thoughts or feelings that want to get shared right now? Um. Oh, I... I, I know a lot of, like, women who have issues with masturbating. Mm-hmm. Like, um... You do? Mm-hmm. Oh. What like, kind of issues? Like, they've either never done it before or they're not able to get themselves to orgasm really? with it. And and I and I used to have that problem, too, where I started doing it pretty young and I... But I somehow got into my head that it was, like, sad if I orgasm by myself. And so that what? was like a huge block How for me. How old were you? Do you remember when that infiltrated your brain? Oh, young. Oh, um, man. Probably like 13 or 14, like really, really young. And I don't know why. No I one had ever said it to me. suspect my initial suspicion comes from this idea that it's really sad to drink alone. Mm. And I feel like sex, drugs, and rock and roll are all put into the same category. Yeah. And so it's this idea. I don't know. That's just my guess. No, I... I think it's along those lines. I think I'd only seen like people masturbate in movies when they were sad. Like, oh, because I can't have sex with someone else. I'm masturbating alone. Oh, my God. Being sad. Okay. I can't remember watching movies where have I even watched movies with masturbation? What are some good movies with female masturbation? I feel like this, oh, good movies with female. That's masturbation? what I'm. I mean, that's what I'm. I was only about. thinking of men. Yeah. I don't think I'd ever yeah. seen a movie with female masturbation. First of yeah. all, I don't I think I actually saw now, a movie but... with female masturbation until Black Swan. Oh wow! Yeah. Holy cow! I don't. Yeah. Probably me too, though. I can't remember. Yeah. I'm not good at, I'm not good at remembering. I'm not good at remembering. That's okay. Well, and movies. it just and maybe I had, but it was so implicit that yeah. it didn't even fully register. Yeah. You like don't. But know Black what's Swan, happening. it was like we're really yeah. seeing yeah. it. Yeah. And that was big for me but yeah I just I'd somehow associated it with it's um something you do because you can't have sex with someone else like it's a lesser thing whoa and so that was hard to break through and I have some friends who have similar hang-ups so they're scared to explore their bodies what helped in that you way. shift out of it I just had to really focus on it I found mm. some books that went through um, different things that you can try and explaining what your anatomy was and um looking at yourself in the mirror while you do it, setting a certain mood, and just basically, it, it's like a muscle. And if you train yourself to stop before you get there, you have to untrain yourself to mm-hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. And you have to give yourself permission to explore and figure out what you like. And I think especially with um, female-bodied people, that's really hard to give yourself permission to do. Mm. Because that area was always treated with such mystery, you know. And we, like, don't look at it. Don't, don't show look at anybody. it. Don't talk about Keep it. We don't covered. even use the word for it. Yeah. 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 Ugh. It's so crazy. Wow. I know. Did that take – what was the process like for that exploration for you? Like, was there a moment? Was there a light bulb moment? Was it a slow process? Slow process. It was okay. like a year of <sighs> me working through stuff. And like, it yeah. was almost like I had to make it a workout routine where I – was like, I'm going to spend this much time today working on it. Beautiful. I yeah. love that you are sharing that because I think there is this idea that, well, now that I've decided to explore my body, it should happen in 30 minutes. Like, no, I should be masturbating. No, no I should da, da, da. Well, especially for me, it was mostly mental. Mm-hmm. So it takes a long time to, you know, change your neural pathways mm-hmm. and redefine those grooves because it was this really well-ingrained behavior. And that grain doesn't necessarily go away. You're just creating a new grain. Right. So if you think about like right. water And I can still through. go back to yep. it. Like it's not, and it's not like once I fix it, it's fixed forever. Same. You know, That's, it's, yeah. 
if I get flipped into the wrong mental space, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. And that's like, that is why I think connection has become increasingly important to me yeah. as I've gotten older as well. Yeah. Because I'm just like, okay, well, I know what's going to turn me off. Yeah. So, yeah. Let's avoid. <laughs> totally. Totally. Yeah. It's such a difference now from like, when I was in my young 20s or in college and it was just like, let me just hook up with the first person I find attractive. But I think for myself, I also was very eager to jump into stuff because I didn't have communication tools and I was hoping that some magical thing would solve my problems. Right. And that I just had to find the magical thing and I didn't know how to find it or look for it or whatever. And so I was more likely to be like, I'll just try anything and see what happens. And I feel like now I'm like, less eager to do that because I'm like, well, I know a lot of things that don't work mm-hmm. and I know a lot of things that do. Mm-hmm. And I'm a little bit better at like discerning. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. I would like to ask you if you could go back in time and give younger you a piece of sexual advice, Ew. what age would you pick and what would you say? Oh, wow. That's such a good and specific question. Um, I think I would go back to myself freshman year of college and tell myself, you need to get in touch with what you like and it's more than okay for you to say what you want because I didn't learn how to do that for a really long time Mm -hmm. and I didn't even know it was like allowed or it was a thing. And so just giving myself permission to take up space and to know my body. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Lastly. Yes. Do you want to ask me any sex questions? Ooh. What do you hope young people now could know about sex? Because I feel like young people now know so much more than we did at their age. And they're getting so much more sophisticated. I hope so. Well, not necessarily in a good way, but they're just exposed to so much more information. So in this like current climate and internet, social media culture where you basically can find out anything, what do you hope this next generation, specifically of like queer people too? If I could just poof a feeling or a knowledge or an assertion into people's heads, I think I would want them to feel deeply in their bodies their autonomy Mm -hmm. and their ability to assert their desires and I don't I don't know if I can help this but their ability to notice their desires and communicate them Mm -hmm. because I, I really do believe that if we can get onto that page as people particularly if people have no it doesn't matter people of different genders of any gender, if we can actually communicate with our partners that we're doing the most intimate thing with, Mm -hmm. we are more connected. And then I believe that that creates a world of increased connection. And I think if we can walk around with these tools and shed the fear and the shame around sex, I think that makes the world a better, more creative place. And I think it starts with feeling like, no, this is my body. This is what I want. And not feeling ashamed around that. Yeah. That's what I want for myself, too. <laughs> yes, yes. I want that for everyone at every age. Yes. Because I feel like there are yes. probably people in their 70s yes. who still, yeah. you know, yeah. yeah. Okay, my loves. 
that's our show for this week. Thank you so much, Morgan, for coming on to be with us. Will you tell people how they can find you out in the world? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm on Instagram at Morgan's Gramming, and you can find my film Synced Up at Synced Up Film, and Sync is spelled S-I-N-K. Like the thing in a bathroom. Great. And will you just spell your own Instagram just oh. in case? Because I'm the one that's like, what did they say? How do you spell it? I can't find it. Yeah. I'm at Morgan's Gramming, uh, M-O-R-G-A-N-S-G-R-A-M-M-I-N-G. Awesome. Yeah. It's super creative. Go check out her work. <laughs> yeah. And if you want to help me do fewer jobs, I actually do have a Patreon now. So for $2 a month, you can be a love warrior and just show your support and join the Facebook group. For $5 a month, you can do our monthly Ask Me Anything live streams and become a curious creature. And if you have a love note or a personals ad or anything you want to shout out on the podcast for $30 a month, I will uh, read a note that you write up to a minute or something on the podcast. So some fun options there. Go check them out. No pressure. If you can't support financially, great. I'm happy you're here listening. If you would pretty please share this with a friend or two or just, you know, maybe like write it on a piece of paper and toss it on the street. Not littering. No, maybe post it in a coffee shop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or do like graffiti style yeah, on graffiti the street. Style. Yeah, graffiti style. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, that would be much appreciated. And if you can go into the iTunes store and leave us five stars on Apple Podcasts, that helps a huge amount. And if you feel so inspired to write a lovely review, I would love that. Even if it's just like fucking awesome or some sort of sex pun would be great. All right. Big love to each and every one of you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for the lovely interactions I'm having with you online. It's You are a beautiful community, so thank you for being a part of it. And now... I invite each and every one of you to go out and share a sex story. Hey.